You guys are in for a treat. We have a guest speaker today, and we use the word guest speaker because he doesn't usually speak here all the time, but he's really part of our family. We have Pastor Jonathan Del Turco with us in the house today. Listen, if you don't know who I am, by the way, I'm Pastor Deej, Associate Pastor here at Connect, and I'm just so glad that you decided to spend a little bit of your Sunday with us this morning. I know it's a little bit uh, rainy outside, it's raining a little bit, but who is ready for a downpour of the Holy Spirit in this place? Come on, somebody. You know, let's welcome our online community as well, Facebook Live, and uh, our Framingham campus as well. We love you guys. We're so uh, proud of you for everything that you guys are doing in Framingham, reaching out to that community and reaching out uh, beyond that community as well. And we're going to be hearing a lot about going beyond. Uh, I'm not going to preach your message. Don't worry about it. Um, but listen, uh, Pastor Jonathan Turco has been such a great influence on our lead pastors, uh, Derek and Stacy Fry. By the way, they're on vacation right now, getting down, getting brown, even though today that's really difficult for that to happen. Uh, so we're praying for better weather for PD and Stacy. But they're on vacation, just enjoying, relaxing. Uh, and we get the privilege to hear from Pastor Jonathan Del Turco. Um, Pastor Jonathan is actually uh, PD's, one of PD's overseers. So he gets to be uh, responsible for him, keeping him in line a little bit. I'm kidding. PD, if you watch this, please don't fire me. Um, Anyways, without any further delays, let's give a very good Connect welcome. Let's stand to our feet. Double honor to a man of God, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco. Come on. Good afternoon, Connect. So glad to be here. God bless you. You may be seated. It's an honor and a privilege to be here today. It really is. Uh, love your pastors. Love them so much. Love their family. Wow, two brand new grandbabies. That's pretty cool. And uh, it's just great to be here. Uh, Pastor Derek and I have been in a relationship a long time. And well, I go way back to his dad, uh, Pastor Ernie, and, and uh, we're grateful for them. Uh, highly respect them, highly honor them, and uh, we're more than friends. We're really family, brothers. I'm honored to be a part of the oversight team here at Connect. God bless you guys for being here. This is a great church. I said, this is a great church. I mean it. If I was in the neighborhood, I'd be coming to connect. There's no doubt about it. And uh, you're smart for being here today. God bless you. My wife couldn't join me this morning. Uh, lots of meetings back at IFC. International Family Church, about 16 miles north of Boston in North Reading. I pastored that church there for 37 years. I know, hard to believe. Um, yeah, I was 15 years old when we started the church. Uh, yeah, haha. -ha. Um, but it's an honor to be with you today. It really is. We have a lot in common. Our churches have a real similar spirit, a real life-giving spirit. And uh, I am honored to be here today uh, in your pastor's stead to stand behind these, this, this platform and to be believing with them. Believe with them. They're going to have a great, day, great weeks ahead, right, on vacation. I know your pastor needs to get some rest too. And uh, so I know they'll come, up, come back fired up and raring to go. So it's an honor. It really is to be here uh, to be part of the family. I, I come here out of relationship today, so the words that I speak, are, I believe, are just more than words. They really, I want to speak into the very foundation core of this ministry, and I know it, it's, it's going to be a blessing to you. Um, also, it's good to see uh, our praise and worship leader, uh, Seth and his wife, Gina. Where are you? Where are you guys sitting? There you are, in front. Um, good to have you both here. Who goes on vacation and then still hears, they're coming here, their pastor speak? That's pretty awesome. Love you, Seth. Love you, Gina. Um, love to have you. It's good to see you. 
and uh, it's great to be here today. God bless you. Um, let's pray. Let's get moving because I, I've got a lot to say today. I'm full. This is the third time I get to do this. How awesome is that? And uh, still got plenty of energy to go. Uh, there will be a fourth service, but I won't be there. Um, <laughs> let's pray. Father, thank you for this awesome opportunity we have to be together. I look forward to this time. I believe with all my heart that what you're about to do is going to be transformational. Father, I believe in Jesus' name that we've all come from various backgrounds. We've come, Lord, inspired. We've come hurting. We've come discouraged. We've come in, in so many ways today. But I believe the fact that we're here gives us an opportunity for you to impact our lives. Father, we know you love us just the way we are, but you also love us too much to leave us the way we are. You're always wanting us to grow and change and be the best that we can be. So, Father, we, we trust you. We believe that your word will fall on good ground. It'll produce much fruit. It'll grow in us today, Father. It'll, it'll cause us to truly be changed from the inside out. Thank you for the privilege of ministering your word today. I believe, Father God, that, that life change will be ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your favorite digital device, turn please with me to Genesis chapter 49. It'll be up on the screen in just a moment. We're going to read uh, about a man, a reference a man by the name of Jacob. And you might be wondering, who in the world is Jacob? Well, Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, who's a Hebrew patriarch from which all Jews uh, have their descent. And then ultimately for Christianity, for us as Christians, he is the father of our faith. Jacob uh, was very wealthy, very influential. Um, at the time of what we're about to read in Genesis 49, he's old, um, he's close to his deathbed, and he begins to, to pray and declare a prophetic blessing over his 12 sons. We're going to read one, one specific blessing that he prays over and declares over his next to youngest son, Joseph. And we pick it up in Genesis 49, uh, verse 22. It says, Joseph is like a grapevine that produces much fruit. A healthy vine watered by a spring, or another other translations say well, whose branches grow over the wall. Now, that's very important in our message today. Whose branches grow over the wall. Archers attack him violently and, and shoot at him angrily. But he aims his bow well. His arms are made strong. He gets his power from the mighty God of Jacob and his strength from the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Amen. I've entitled this message today, Beyond these walls. Beyond these walls. Here's our big takeaway. Here's the one main truth I want you to go home with today. Uh, we can all go home with one thought, and here's the one thought we're going to unpack today. The one thought that I want you to understand, our big idea is the joy of living for Jesus is not just going to church. It's when you get so full of living water that we can't help but share our joy with others. We'll unpack that in just a moment. The picture of Jacob's life paints a picture as Jacob spoke over Joseph as a bountiful, thriving, walled-in garden next to a well. His garden is so lush, his garden is so prosperous, his garden is so fruitful that its vines go over the wall and affect the neighboring areas. 
Jacob mentions the hatred and mistreatment that Joseph will go through, but he also talks about how no matter what takes place, that he remains faithful no matter what the trial is, no matter how difficult his life becomes. So as a teenager, Joseph had two dreams. Those two dreams radically changed his life. But he began to share those dreams with his brothers. Now, I mean, that wasn't a very good idea. It wasn't a very good idea. They already hated him already because they knew that, that he was their father's favorite son. And the more he shared his dreams, the angrier they became and the more upset they became at Joseph. Side note about your dreams. I've learned to not share my dream before it's time. And I've learned to never share my dream with non-dreamers. That's an important statement. Because oftentimes we get a dream, we're excited about our dream, we're excited about what God shows us or what we know about our future, what we know about what's to come, and we, we tend to share that way too soon before it really develops or takes root on the inside of us. And then we make a big mistake and we share that dream with non-dreamers. Because non-dreamers can't handle your dream. They don't know how to encourage you. They don't know how to see beyond your present condition or your present state of mind. Maybe you're not quite what you're going to be, but you still have this dream from God. And they'll judge you based on your past. They'll judge you based on your present behavior. But see, dreamers who hear dreams know how to celebrate the dream. We know that it's bigger than you. We know that it's, we can encourage you because we get it. We're fellow dreamers. So it's important to share your dream at the right time and make sure it, you, dream, dream, you dream your dream with other dreamers and you learn real quick who the ones who know how to dream and the ones who don't. Back to Joseph, the more he shares his dream, the more his brothers hate him, the more angrier they become. One brother says, why don't we just kill him? Another, and finally, the other brothers, they have a consent and say, let's don't kill him. Let's just sell them. So they sell him into slavery in Egypt, and he becomes a refugee. At this point in time of his life, he is 17 years old. Now, over the next 13 years or so, he suffers rejection, mistreatment. He is accused of rape that he didn't commit. He's imprisoned. He's forgotten. He is has unfulfilled promises, 13 years he has to deal with bitterness, disappointment, and discouragement. 13 years where he's wondering, okay, God, this will be a good time now for promotion. It'll be a good time for some of this to come to pass. It was 13 years where he finally got a promotion, and he became the second in command to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, overseeing all his finances of not only his own house, but of the kingdom. And God brings him great favor. That's the beginning of his dream coming to pass. It takes another 11 years before all of his dreams are fulfilled. Imagine 24 years of being faithful, 24 years standing his ground, 
24 years staying the course, 24 years not giving up, 24 years fighting bitterness and discouragement, 24 years fighting the same stuff that we fight every day when life is not fair, when life takes twists and turns, when life is overwhelming and we make mistakes and make it harder on ourselves, and when we wonder about people and circumstances, and where are the people that believe in us? And here Joseph has his own family reject him, give him away, want nothing to do about it, lie to their father about what happened to him. Wow, challenging no less. In these verses that follow, Joseph is given a mighty blessing from his father. Jacob promises that the blessings that come on Joseph are going to be far greater than his brothers. And Joseph says that because Joseph extended his reach beyond his walls, that God would increase Joseph's blessing. Let's pick it up in verse 25 as his father blesses him and says, Your father's God helps you. God Almighty blesses you. He blesses you with rain from above, with water from springs below. He's a continual flow of God's blessings. With many babies, talks about his family, born to your wives, and many young ones born to your animals. Goes on to say, the blessings of your father are greater than the blessings of the oldest mountains, greater than the good things of the Lord long lasting, of the long lasting hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, on the forehead of the one who was separated from his brothers, alluding to him being sold from his brothers. See, Joseph didn't keep the blessing of his garden inside of his walls. Instead, he reached out beyond his walls. He reached out beyond his own containment. He reached out beyond his own past hurt. He reached out beyond his own history that wasn't very great, that didn't set any precedent of what it would look like yet still to come. But he went beyond his containment. He went beyond his past. Amen. And thank God he met the needs of others. Now, Jacob's prophecy was spot on. Because a famine came to Egypt and the surrounding area, if you know the story. And, and in spite of that, Joseph still provided food for his brothers who sold him into slavery. He still provided food for the king's wife who falsely accused him. He provided food for the king himself who imprisoned him when he was innocent. He blessed people who could not do anything for himself. Amen. All the people would have died in the famine if not for Joseph, if not for his gift rising up and part of the dream becoming a reality. Joseph extended his blessings beyond the walls, and that's very important, beyond his confinement, beyond his past hurt, beyond where he was. He cared about people who had nothing to do with him, who could do nothing for him. He shared his blessing with people around him. Understand the context of this blessing. The well or the spring that we read about as Jacob prophesied over Joseph, that well represents the well of living water. That well represents Jesus Christ. That well represents a place where we draw from, a place that we get nourishment from, a place that changes us, a place that, that, that is a, a spring that brings joy into our lives. Amen. When we find living water, how many know it changes our lives? 
absolutely. Jesus turns our lives around and makes us brand new. He generously showers us with abundant blessing. John 7, 38 says, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. If Jesus is your Lord, you've asked him to come live inside of your heart, you have living water. You have Jesus himself living on the inside of you. Amen. How many here have living water? Absolutely. Aren't you glad today? Living water. The question for us today is, are you sharing that living water beyond these walls? See, beyond these walls are people who are lost, people that don't know that Jesus can rescue them. You know that, but they don't. Beyond these walls are broken people, people that are bound by their history, people that are in darkness, people that don't know that there's something different they can experience. They think what they're experiencing now is what life is all about. They're discouraged. They're overwhelmed. They're suicidal. They really don't know which way to turn, and they turn to everything else to medicate themselves because they don't know. Right beyond these walls are people that need the living water inside of us. This well that we draw from beyond these walls, they are the ones in need today. Joseph, because you were willing to bless others, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to not only bless you, I'm going to bless your children and your children's children. Because you refuse to sit around, draw from that well yourself, you refuse to draw from that just for you and say, you know what, it's my turn now. I went through my pain. I suffered. Nobody came to my rescue. It's my turn now to draw from my well. It's my turn now to walk in the blessings of God. It's my turn now to make sure I take care of number one. Joseph, because you didn't do that, your vines were so fruitful, they grew over the wall. Now, we know what the well represents. What's the vine represent? The vine represents you, your overflow, your gifts, your abilities, your, your acts of kindness, your testimony, your, the work that God's been doing in your life, your passions, amen, your, your, the things that you know make you so unique. That's your vine, amen. It's oftentimes, it's the lifeline that you throw. It's the, it's the hope that you give somebody else. Oftentimes, it's that sacrifice that in the midst of your dark moment, you don't keep it about yourself. You say, you know what? I know I'm going through the worst time of my life, but I'm going to throw a vine over my wall, even in the midst of my darkness, even in the midst of my overwhelming despair, even in the midst of what I'm going through, I'm going to sacrificially keep throwing a vine because oftentimes we get so stuck on ourselves, don't we? We get so overwhelmed by our own condition. We've been throwing so many pity parties that we need to stop throwing pity parties and start throwing a vine. Amen. What a change that would be for some of us if we stop being so consumed with me, 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 and my issues, not taking lightly what you might be going through today, absolutely not, but recognizing there's something about throwing your vine over the wall. It's something about living your life beyond your walls. Amen. Joseph found a well that watered his life, a well that refreshed him and restored his soul. Think about it. What happened to you when you found living water? 
What happened to you when you found Jesus? Man, it changed us, didn't it? It transformed us. It radically altered our destiny and, 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 and our direction and God's plan. He forgave us. He set us free from a terrible past and sins that, 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 that we didn't even want to rehearse in our lives. And He transformed us and He changed our lives. And we know that's true. Gave us freedom and gave us joy. Thank God for that. How many are grateful for that today? Absolutely. Now, so often, though, if we're not careful, we'll come to church and we'll do our little punch-in for 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 90 minutes, whatever it might be, and we hear message after message after message, and we hear all kind of I know you get taught real well here, and you hear the Word, and you hear life-giving messages, and if we're not careful, we can leave beyond these walls and never be changed. We can leave beyond these walls and never be rearranged, never be captivated, never be motivated, never be transformed. We can do it year and week after week and month after month and year after year. And if we're not careful, we don't allow what we hear in here to so transform us so that we can reach a lost and dying world. I prayed it this morning. I pray it every morning before I preach. I say, Lord, I don't want to just be an informational preacher. I don't just want to be an inspirational preacher. I love information, and I love inspiring people. But I pray, Lord, I want to be a transformational leader. Amen. I want to make sure that the words you hear today give you the opportunity for you to be transformed. Yeah, we want good information. Yes, there's nothing wrong with being inspired. But if that doesn't transform us, oftentimes we're just playing church. Right? Oftentimes we should just be Moose Lodge or Knights of Columbus. Because not much good happens after that. It's great fellowship, but there's not much transformation. I pray today that the words that you hear, if you're in a place where, man, you, are, you have been so thirsty, you've been so dry, you've been going through one of those seasons where it's been difficult and overwhelming and, and a season that's lasting longer than you ever expected, the manifestation of what you're believing God for still lingers, still hasn't happened, you're still standing your ground, I pray today's message will be that lifeline, that long drink of living water today that will re-inspire you and reinvigorate you and restore your soul today and give you something to say, you know what, I'm not giving up, I'm standing my ground, I'm believing God, amen, because I know what the Lord can do in my life. I pray today, Lord, send a vine of living water into somebody's soul today. Send a vine of living water into somebody's failed marriage today. Send a vine of living water into someone who's heard some bad news today, that have heard a bad news from a doctor or going through some things, or your family is in a worst-case scenario. Lord, send a vine of living water into their lives today. Amen. I pray that takes place in our midst today. The Bible says that with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Amen. Let it refresh you again today. And then don't keep it to yourself. This joy, this freedom must go beyond these walls. And the promise is this, that when you do, 
when you go beyond these walls, when you reach out, when you love, when you serve, when you bless somebody else, that the blessings of God will overtake you, and not only will the blessings overtake you, but your children and your children's children. Amen. See, there's something about the blessing of going beyond the walls. I'm convinced there's a blessing to come to church on Sunday morning, absolutely. There's a blessing for being on a dream team, absolutely. There's a blessing that comes on the tither and the offering giver, absolutely. There's a blessing on the person, the person that is faithful. But I believe there are blessings that most of us have never tapped into that are on a whole nother level because we choose to throw our vine over the wall, because we choose to go beyond these walls. Amen. And it's a blessing waiting for us. It really is. If we just learn to recognize that there's so much more life, that there's, that there's life here, but this life is not for here, it's for out there. Amen. I've always been moved by Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13 says, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. What did these men do? that people would recognize, whoa, those dudes have been with Jesus. What did they do? How did they act? How did they know? We know in the context of this scriptures here that these were unlearned men. These were just normal, everyday guys. They, weren't, they didn't go to Bible college, and, and, and some of them had more education than others, but something about them that caused others to say, whoa, you've been with Jesus. Something about what they said, something about what they did, something about how they lived. If people can just come to church and sit under this ministry, hear great singing, hear anointed messages from PD and others, and it changes nothing, that's very concerning. Reminds me as I reread the story of Joseph. Joseph was asked to come and interpret a dream the king had. And the king had a dream. The king saw seven skinny cows and seven fat cows. In the dream, the seven skinny cows ate the seven fat cows. What's unusual about the dream is nothing changed. Nothing was obvious about the seven skinny cows, even though they ate the seven fat cows. Genesis 41, 21 says, and when they had eaten them, the seven skinny cows, no one would have known that they had eaten them. They were still as ugly as before. Wow, powerful verse. I can't help but wonder how many people come to church, sing a few songs, hear a message, and nobody knows it. Their family can't tell the difference. Their family, their children, their wives, their husbands, they don't know, they don't hear about what happened on that Sunday morning. They leave here after hearing message after message with the same foul language, with the same ugly heart, with the same um, uh, going to the same dark places. They leave here and deal with the same bitterness, the same unforgiveness, the same cynical and critical attitude, the same lust, the same pride. Let me tell you something. Amen. When we come to church week after week after week, something about us should change. Am I in the right room? Now, if you're brand new to church, it takes time. I get it. 
you're not going to be, you know, uh, you know, changed overnight. I believe God can transform us, yes, but some things just take time to grow in us and change in us. I get that. But those of us that come on a regular basis, amen, and nobody knows we just came from church. Nobody can tell you've been with Jesus. Nobody can tell that you worship God. Nobody can tell that we lifted up our hands and we said amen and we clapped our hands and we affirmed yes to what we heard and nothing changes. Something's wrong. When we can come to church week after week, look the same, act the same, it's not supposed to be that way. We are not supposed to just express and celebrate our joy here. It needs to transform us. Yes, why? So we can take it beyond these walls, amen, and help someone else have the living water that we have in our lives. Can I hear an amen today? Now, here's what concerns me about the church, universal church, church at large, this church included, international family church included. If we're not careful, we can very easily become ingrown. Ingrown. And I get why we do. We love what happens here on a Sunday morning. We love the fellowship. We love the family. We love the friends that we have. We love the environment, the community that we share. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. We love the bond that we share. And, and, and we don't have to you know, try to excuse how we feel about Christ because we basically, many of us feel the same exact way. I get it. But if we're not careful, we can become so comfortable that we become ingrown. It's like we leave our little palaces at home. We run real fast to get to the big castle, right? The drawbridge comes down. We run in for protection against the world, right? The drawbridge goes up. And when the, when the service is over, the drawbridge comes down. We run real fast to get back to our, where we came from. It's kind of the attitude. And I get it. We're living in a pretty crazy world right now. I understand that it's more difficult than ever. But we cannot afford to be ingrown. That's not our purpose. That's not why God made us. That's not why we're changed. Amen. I compare it to having an ingrown toenail. Ever have one? Ever bump it? Right? Ever, ever say words out of your mouth that you thought, whoops, that was not good? Right? Because it hurts so bad? Absolutely. You kidding me? It's even sensitive to wear a shoe. Everything you touch, it's just so sensitive, right? And if, it, if you leave it alone, it gets infected, and it becomes a whole lot worse. And I've learned, I've never had to do it, but, I, but I've been told that an ingrown toenail infected, one of the ways to get it fixed is you got to soak it. Ingrown Christians need to be soaked. Soaked in God's presence. Soaked in worship. Soaked in the Word. Come on, somebody. Soaked in the presence of God. Taking time to pray. Taking time to look beyond yourself and fill yourself up with God's Word. And ingrown Christians are just that. So sensitive. They get hurt about everything. They get offended so quickly. So touchy, right? Say something unusual. Say something that stretches them. Some of you might be offended at me already because I've been a little too stepping on your toes today, right? You're ingrown. You're ingrown. And the way, to be, the way to recognize that we're ingrown and to get out of it is we've got to go back to our mission. We've got to go back to our purpose. We've got to go back to why we have living water, why we have God's joy living on the inside of us. Amen? Mark 16, 15, some of the last instructions Jesus gave us, 
He gives us our mission. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. That's our mission. He didn't tell us, stay put, keep quiet. Jesus expects us to go beyond these walls and share the message of his love. Amen. See, we are so much healthier when we stop throwing pity parties and we start throwing our vines over the wall. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. See, if you're going through a divorce, take that vine of living water, throw it over your wall, resist the temptation to be depressed, resist the temptation for hopelessness, resist the temptation of feeling like it's, and, and I, it, it's awful, no doubt, and it's a terrible season to go through, but that's the best time to throw your vine of living water over the wall to somebody else who needs the living water right? You're going through chemo, and as challenging as that season might be, wondering about your own future and your own legacy and, and, and living life uh, for a very long time, and you're overwhelmed by all that that represents. You've got living water. Living water will see you through, but how about throwing your vine of living water to somebody else who needs it? See, that's what living water's for, that's what blessed Joseph. That's why he was blessed. He sent his vine over the wall. It was a few years back when my wife went through a very life and death situation. She had lung clots in both of her lungs and we almost lost her and she came so close to death and had several extended seasons in the hospital and, uh, and, and, and a very overwhelmed position she was in. She finally got to a place where she was so tired of feeling every ache and pain. What's that? Another blood clot? Uh, what's this? And she was so done with feeling, so in tuned with her feelings, she put on two or three Johnnies. And she said, you know what? I'm throwing my vine over the wall. I might be in a hospital, but I can go, to the, I can go to, across the aisle to the person who's never had a visitor. I can go down the aisle. And she would spend hours going up and down those hallways, pulling her little, you know, making sure her Johnny was nice and closed, right? And, and on assignment, throwing her vine over the wall. Man, what an inspiration for all of us today to realize we need to be doing the very same thing because beyond these walls are opportunities to give and to bless and to love and to show kindness and to encourage and to tell others about the goodness of God. Amen. Let me close with this. Five generations after Joseph, we read of a man by the name of Naboth. And one of the, the character things, the, the, the main things we read about Naboth is he's well known for his vineyard. His vineyard is lush, beautiful. And, and others are always attracted to his vineyard. So much so King Ahab, which so happened to have a summer palace next to his property, the king of all of Israel, looked at his vineyard, and looked at his and wondered, why, why is his so much nicer than mine? I, I have all these servants that, that oversee my vineyards. Why is his so lush? He might have thought, man, he must have a really green thumb. He must have thought, man, he has some special fertilizer that he uses that I need to find out the recipe for. So, Na so Ahab so wanted that garden, he said, I'll buy it from you. And it's interesting the response that Naboth gave to King Ahab. It says in 1 Kings 21.3, But Naboth replied, The Lord forbid 
that I should give you the inheritance of my ancestors. Wow. It wasn't a green thumb after all. It wasn't a special fertilizer after all. It was a spiritual inheritance. He said, I can't do that. I have a spiritual inheritance, and it's not for sale. He realized it was nothing about a green thumb. He knows nothing about um, a special fertilizer. It was the favor of God that could go back five generations because Joseph threw his vine over the wall, and the blessings that was spoke over Joseph to his children and his children's children, Naboth was a benefactor of that same inheritance. Amen. I look at the Del Turcos and I realize I understand that I walk in the favor and blessing of God, but that has much little to do with me as much as it does with my grandparents who came over from Italy and they gave their lives to Christ and they, they raised us in the Word and, 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 and as elders in their churches and they blessed people. And my grandparents on my mother's side had 11 children and when the guest speakers came, they stayed at their house. When the missionaries came, they stayed at their house. Amen. They could have said, we have no more room. But that kept throwing vines over the wall. My father, my mother, my father pastored three different churches and, and were missionaries in Europe. And I had the privilege of, of being a part of their life. My parents, I saw them all their lives throwing their vine over the wall. Now here, third generation, I'm a pastor, and Verna's family always served in their local churches, always helped and blessed and threw their vine over the wall. My son's on staff with me, and our children are thriving. And, and the fourth generation, now my grandchildren, five of them, are coming up serving the Lord, still growing in the things of God, some of them very, very young. But guess what? Working on a fifth generation. Well, you know what that is? That's a spiritual inheritance. It's not for sale. And I get it. Your pastor is no different. Amen. They have a spiritual heritage from his father and, and Pastor Derek and, and now their children and now grandchildren. You might not have four, three, two generations of your spiritual heritage. Maybe you're the first generation. Maybe you're the one to say, you know what, I'm drawing my line, and I'm the first generation. I'll send my vine over the wall. I'll speak a blessing over my line, over my children, over my children's children. Amen. But that same spiritual heritage belongs to you. Oh, you can't say, well, I don't have what Pastor Jonathan or Pastor Derek have. Yeah, but you can start it, and it can be yours. Why? Because you made up your mind. I'm not keeping living water to myself. I'm throwing my vine. I'm blessed. I'm healthy. I'm strong. I'm redeemed. I'm blood-bought. I've been changed. Amen. I'm not keeping this to myself. Church, we got to get beyond these walls. We really do. The blessing happens for those who will go beyond their wall and throw that vine over their wall. Praise God. You see, we just can't come to church week after week experiencing the saving power of Jesus and His blessing and keep it all to ourselves. We must send a vine to others and share what we have. Why? Because the value of life, listen very carefully, the value of life Nope, the value of life, there it is. The value of life is not in its duration, but in its donation. 
That's a powerful word right there. Do I want to live long? Absolutely I want to live long. So do you. But it's not about my duration. It's not about how long I live. It's about how much donation I give back. It's about my life. It's about what I give. It's about what I give back. It's about what I go beyond my own comfort zone and go beyond my own issues and my own storms. Amen. I've pastored International Family Church for 37 years. Amen. I've been married to my wife 42 years. It's all possible. Amen. And we've had plenty of opportunity in the midst of very difficult times to say, you know what? I think I'll keep this vine to myself. I'll keep this well water to myself. And what kept us strong and kept us staying the course is we always made sure, no matter what season, good ones, bad ones, terrible ones, life-threatening ones, that we always made sure we threw our vine over the wall. And I believe we'll continue this blessing, this generational blessing. Amen. The Lord is saying to us today, I'll keep taking care of you. I'll keep taking care of your family if you keep reaching, if you keep blessing, if you keep throwing your vine over the wall, you'll lack for no good thing. Let's don't keep Jesus to ourselves. Let's don't forget what He's done for us. Let's don't get so caught up in the cares of this world and the worst seasons of our lives sometimes, wondering what's the next step, facing impossible circumstances, overwhelmingly discouraged, and we forget about living water. We forget about stirring the joy of the Lord that is our strength on the inside of us. Don't get caught up in the drama of your world that you forget that you have living water on the inside of you. Stand up today. Stir up your joy today. Throw your vine over the wall and watch what the blessings of God will do for you. Remember our big takeaway. Remember where we started. The joy of living for Jesus is not just going to church. We get it, but it's more than that. It's when we get so full of living water that we can't help but share our joy with others. Did you learn something today? Come on, stand to your feet with me, please. Why don't you raise those hands towards heaven? Oh, we bless your name, Jesus. Just for a moment, bless him today. Just for a moment, brag on him. Tell him how much you love him today. Surrender afresh and anew. Let that living water be stirred up in you today. Let that joy bubble up inside of you, especially if you're going through a dry season, not knowing what's the next step. Stir up living water today. Stir up your joy today. Recognize how blessed you are today. Recognize that in the midst of your own pain, it's time to bless somebody else. It's time to get beyond your own self and start throwing that vine over the wall. Father, I bless this congregation today. I thank you for each one of them, Lord, that faithfully came to church today on a rainy day. They didn't dare stay home. Some of them dragged themselves here. And Lord, I thank you that, that it was good for them to be in church today. It was good for them to hear your word today. It was good for them to get stirred up today and to be challenged not to get stuck in their comfort zone and recognize the blessing that comes beyond these walls. Connect stands for going beyond these walls. And we thank you for it, Father. And Lord, I just ask you for those that are going through a dry season, I ask you, Father God, Lord, I speak life over their soul. I speak joy over their soul. 
we stir ourselves up today through our praise and through our expectation. And we say, oh, Jesus, I need a fresh drink of living water today. I need a fresh wind of your spirit to flow through my life again today. And if that's you today, begin to raise your hands and thank God today for a refreshing, for a living water, for God to stir the gifts inside of you today and that you'll see Jesus today high and lifted up and his presence filling your life today, filling your home, your marriage, and your circumstances today in Jesus' name. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're here and you say, Pastor, I need living water. I don't know Jesus. My sins are not forgiven. Heaven is not my home. I want to make sure I'm right with God. I want to make sure that I tap into that well of living water. I want to make sure that Jesus lives inside of me. I need my sins forgiven. I need a brand new beginning. I need a brand new start. If you're here and you'll say, Pastor, I've never done that. Perhaps you've done it in the past. Praise God for that. Hold on to that decision that you've made. But you say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. And today I need to. I want to. It's a must that I do today. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high because I want to pray for you. Anybody like that today? Pastor, pray for me, please. I need Jesus. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Several of you with your hands going up today. God bless you. Good for you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Amen. That's awesome. Good for you today for saying yes to Jesus. Now, we're going to transition to service, but before we do, let me just take a moment Let's pray this prayer together, please. Father, in Jesus' name. Come on, say it with me. Father, in Jesus' name. Here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. Forgive me from my sin. I turn my back on my past. And I want to live for you. I declare you as my Lord and my Savior. I receive by faith eternal life, living water. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for coming into my heart today and changing me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.